All right, let's just uh, look at Ezra chapter 7. We'll just look at uh, the last couple of verses and of chapter 7. And the first verse of chapter 8 says this in the Word of God. <coughs> Blessed be the Lord God of our fathers, which hath put such a thing as this in the king's heart, to beautify the house of the Lord which is in Jerusalem, and hath extended mercy unto me before the king, and his counselors, and before all the king's mighty princes. And I was strengthened as the hand of the Lord my God was upon me. And I gathered together out of Israel chief men to go up with me. Verse 1 of chapter 8. These are now the chief of their fathers. And this is the genealogy of them that went up with me from Babylon in the reign of Artaxerxes the king. And then, of course, then it lists uh, makes that genealogy uh, in the next several verses. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, again, Lord, we thank you for your goodness and mercy and grace. And Lord, again, uh, we think about Father's Day. Of course, we're all thankful for our Heavenly Father. But Lord, uh, we're thankful for uh, those of us that uh, are fathers, for the privilege, uh, dear God, of being a father and the privilege of being uh, Christian fathers and uh, trying to direct our children Lord, in a way that would please Thee and glorify Thee, and they, that they and their generation might walk before Thee all the days of their life. Again, Lord, we think of the sick among us. Lord, we think of uh, Sister Sarah. We think of Sister Sherry. We think of uh, Sister Pitt, Sister uh, Diane, uh, Sister uh, Judy, uh, Sister McLean. Lord, we think of uh, Brother Mark and uh, just uh, the, the many, dear God, that have physical needs. Please be with them. Again, we continue to pray for the spiritual needs. Lord, we think of, uh, again, Brother Wood's brother, Michael. We think of his father. And Lord, of course, we all have loved ones uh, that are upon our heart tonight, dear God, and we pray uh, uh, for them. And uh, again, Lord, help us as we look at this uh, portion of Scripture. Lord, we thank you that you've uh, recorded these events in uh, Ezra, that uh, all these thousands of years later, uh, we can still learn, uh, dear God. These things were written for admonition, Lord, and we can still learn and grow from examples that we see uh, in the Word of God from so long ago. So guide us now, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And uh, notice that statement in verse 28. He says, I gathered together out of Israel chief men, chief men. And no, even thinking about Father's Day, uh, we should want to be, as fathers, we should want to be among the chief men. Of course, the chief men or any group are, are the leaders, are those that have uh, influence uh, uh, in the group. And uh, so we should uh, uh, want to be that, certainly, uh, as, uh, as uh, fathers. We should want to be among God's chief men in the service of the Lord. Of course, uh, as the people, we're the church of the living God, and uh, we want to advance the Lord's work. And to do that, we must fill our lives, of course, with uh, uh, the Word of God. And so God is looking for men, but He's also looking for some uh, chief women, too. I think it mentions uh, uh, chief women in, in, uh, in the New Testament, of course, talking about uh, the, that area, not necessarily in, in the church. But uh, uh, God's looking for people with grateful hearts, who are rejoicing in what He's done in their life and appreciate uh, the believers that God's brought into their life. And so uh, God's looking to build His church, and He's looking for some chief uh, men and uh, people to put together uh, to do that. Now, of course, uh, a lot of times when we think about the church, we think about uh, uh, the pastor or some leader. 
But uh, listen, anyone knows that one man cannot do God's work alone. And anybody's uh, foolish if they think they can. Hey, even in uh, the secular world, hey, no man is a success, you know. Well, you know, I, I, I did, I've heard people say, well, I did it on my own. Well, no, you didn't. You just haven't acknowledged the people that helped you along the way, if you think that. But we all need help along the way. And we shouldn't be afraid to admit that. I'm not afraid to admit that, hey, I need help. Hey, I need, I need other people's help in my own life, and I need other people's help to fulfill God's will for my life. And uh, we need help together to build God's church. And so we see here that Ezra realized that. He realized that God gave him a task. Uh, he was a leader among his people, but he needed other leaders. He needed other chief men uh, to help him do that. And so Ezra didn't attempt to do God's work without gathering some chief men and bringing to their attention the things that God had laid on his heart to accomplish. And again, uh, he, he says in verse 1 of chapter 8, Now these are now the chief of their fathers. And uh, so they were chief men among uh, their, their families and the tribes of uh, uh, Israel. I like uh, these verses in 1 Chronicles chapter 12 when it talks about those that uh, came up to help David and Hebron uh, to make him king. You remember when David became king of Israel, he was in Hebron first. I think he was there seven years. And then finally... Uh, uh, that descendant of uh, Saul, that, that wimpy leader, right? <laughs> uh, uh, he, he finally got defeated and they came and uh, uh, decided uh, the whole nation to make him a uh, 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 king. But uh, he was king in Hebron for seven years. But it says this in First Chronicles chapter 12, in uh, uh, verse 23 says this, And these are the numbers of the bands, that, I like this, that were ready armed to the war. Boy, uh, as chief men of the ministry, we need to be ready armed for the war, right? We need to be ready for the battle that God has placed us in. And it says, And they came to David to Hebron to turn the kingdom of Saul to him according to the word of God. But and then it goes down and it names some uh, different men uh, that came up there and uh, different leaders of their families. And I like what it says here in verse 32 of first. Uh, Chronicles 12, talking about among those that came up uh, to help David become king of the whole nation. And it says this, it says, And of the children of Issachar, which were men that had understanding of the times. And indeed, if you're going to be a chief, uh, a chief uh, uh, one of the chief men, and you're going to be a chief man spiritually, uh, you need to be a man that understands the times. You know, uh, Brother Wood's sort of talking about uh, what's going to be going on in the end times, uh, right? Uh, preparing for the Lord to come back. Well, as, as chief men, as spiritual leaders, we need to understand what's going on in our time. We need to be aware. Hey, uh, you know, that doesn't mean we need to sit there and, and, and uh, listen to the news all the time. I don't, I don't care about knowing every detail, every detail about what's going on politically, but I do want to understand what's going on uh, in my community. I want to understand what's going on in my nation. And then I want to see the big picture in the world and understand where we are as God moves his will along in this world. And so it says they were men that understood, uh, had understanding of the times. And uh, we need to have a, a, a sensitive heart and a discerning heart to what's going on around us spiritually, not just what, how we are spiritually, but what's going on in our nation and the world spiritually. And it says this, to know what Israel ought to do. 
Amen. And uh, not just in the physical sense of a physical battle, but even in the spiritual sense. What is the right thing uh, to do? And so chief men will be men with discerning hearts. Chief men will be people that understand uh, the times and sense of how God is uh, moving in their life, uh, maybe moving in the church, maybe moving uh, in the community and understand uh, what they should do as, a, as an individual, as a leader, uh, and understand that when the, the church uh, gets together, that well, how the church should be moving, and then how uh, God, again, how God is moving. And so that's a, a good example of, uh, of being a chief man and being a leader as we see the, the, the type of men that were among the children of Issachar there in 1 Chronicles chapter 12. And God, as you, as you see his pattern of leadership, as you see the, the pattern of how he, when he puts men together to accomplish uh, something, uh, you'll see a, a sort of a repetitious pattern throughout the Word of God. And we see that here in Ezra as we've gone through the book of Ezra that God follows the same pattern uh, throughout all of human history to accomplish his work. His people, like those we see in Ezra, and as we've been going through it, we've seen this. One, uh, of course, must return to God. And we saw that, right? Uh, God uh, uh, opened the door for them to return uh, to Jerusalem and for them to return and be where they should be with God. And then uh, they returned to God. And what happened? We saw they regained their biblical faith. And then we saw after that, right, they built that altar, they built the temple, and they regained biblical worship. And then as they uh, got their faith back and were the way it was supposed to be, and they got their worship back to where it was, what they renewed their commitment to the commission that God had given them. They were committed to the commission that God had given them. And we need to be committed to the commission that God has given us. Of course, we know our commission is the not the great commission, but the greatest commission. You know, Paul was committed to that commission. I like what he says in Acts 24, 21, when he's on trial there, Paul says this. I'll just give you the one verse in 24, 21 of Acts. It says, except it be for this one voice that I cried standing among them, touching the resurrection of the dead. I'm called into question by you this day. Boy, the religious crowd, they just don't know what to do. Amen. With the bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ. They don't mind if you mention Jesus a little bit because, you know, in Islam, they consider him a prophet. But boy, when you say, oh, no, uh, he's the Savior. He rose again uh, the third day. They don't mind if you talk about Jesus suffering. They don't mind if you talk about the fact that they died. Matter of fact, right there is where they'd like you to stop. Oh, yeah, Jesus suffered and Jesus died. Boy, they wish the story ended right there, don't they? But no, when we emphasize that resurrection because that's that's what, amen, completes the message of the Great Commission. And so uh, when people, uh, where are they should be, they're committed to getting the word out and the message and the commission as Paul was. And chief men, amen, will be about getting the message of God out, right? And then uh, the, the chief men are willing to stand against their adversaries, right? When you see the men that God put together here in Ezra, we saw, amen, when they got their faith back and when they were where they should be with God, hey, they were bold. They were bold uh, to stand against their adversaries. And in this day and age, right, we, can be, we should still be bold uh, to stand against our adversaries. Uh, turn back to chapter 4. We looked at these when we were there, but just to remind us 
I, I just love what, what happened here, the way that they dealt with this in uh, Ezra chapter 4, beginning of verse 1. It says this, when they, when they had come back, verse 1 says, Now when the adversaries, right, the adversaries showed up, of Judah and Benjamin, right? Benjamin, you've got some adversaries. Remember that. Judah and Benjamin heard that the children of the captivity built the temple unto the Lord God of Israel. Then they came to Zerubbabel, and there it is, and the chief of the fathers, right? They approached the chief men and said to them, let us build with you. We saw this before, for we seek your God as you do, and we do sacrifice unto him since the days of Esarhaddon, king of Assur, which brought us up hither. And boy, they, they, they took a stand on that. I love this, verse 3. But Zerubbabel and Jeshua and the rest, notice this, of the chief of the fathers of Israel said unto them, ye have nothing to do with us. You know, oh, why can't we all get along and just sit around the campfire and sing Kumbaya? No, we can't. Amen. We have to. Listen, we want to be gracious. We want to do what we can. But hey, we have to draw the line and we have to be willing to stand strong with our uh, conviction. Everything's so, uh, so watered down today. So watered down today. Hey, you know, I know people uh, 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 make fun of us for still having certain stands and things like that. But listen, uh, he says, you have nothing to do with us to build a house unto our God, for we ourselves together will build unto the Lord God of Israel as King Cyrus, the king of Persia, hath commanded us. Uh, listen, uh, we, we, we don't need you. Uh, you you're not uh, headed in the same direction. You don't have the same goals uh, that we do. Amen. And uh, we're just going to stick with uh, stick with our biblical principles and stick with our uh, the teaching of the word of God. And uh, we're just going to do things God's way. And so uh, don't be afraid to take a, a stand for what's right in our day. And uh, chief men and men that are serious with God will do that. And so they were willing to resist their adversaries. And then they responded to the preaching of God's word. Again, having that sensitive heart. We saw that. Ezra chapter 5 and verses 1 and 2 remind us of this. Then the prophets... Haggai the prophet and Zechariah the son of Ido, Ido, what did they do? They prophesied unto the Jews. The prophet showed up and they preached the word of God that were to the Jews that were in Judah and in Jerusalem in the name of the God of Israel. Boy, if you just highlight this, then the prophets prophesied unto the Jews in the name of God the Israel. Boy, and that's what are we doing today? What are we doing? We're still preaching the word of God, amen? And we're still lifting up the God of Israel, the God of the church. And what, we, what was the response of that? Because they heard the word of God and they yielded to the word of God. We see this in verse two. Then rose up Zerubbabel, the son of Shatil, and Jeshua, the son of Josedek, and began to build the house of God, which is at Jerusalem. And with them were the prophets of God helping. So if you sort of take these highlights out of those two verses, you still see the way things are done today. The prophets or the men of God, the preachers, they prophesied, right? They got up and they preached the word of God and they preached in the name of the God of Israel. So if you brought that up to today, amen, God's man preached unto God's people in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then God's people rose up and began to build. Right. When the word of God is the word of God is active and when you're letting the word of God be active in your life. Amen. You're going to be active and want to help build God's 
church. And that's what happened. And what was the result? They rejoiced in obeying the Lord. They rejoiced in obeying the Lord. Second Chronicles 16, 9 says this, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf of them, I love this statement, them whose heart is perfect toward him. Boy, that's what we want. We want to have that testimony that our heart is perfect towards him. And I love that it says, the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth. You know, hey, I'm glad for what God is doing in America, but I'm glad that, you know, despite what's going on in China, when, when, when God's, uh, when the eyes of the Lord go through China, that even in China, he finds men whose heart is perfect toward him. Hey, I'm glad when he runs down to South America, right, and goes through those countries, that in those countries, he finds men whose heart is perfect towards uh, him. You know, that, that's, that's one of the great things that I've enjoyed in traveling. Of course, I've been to a lot of places, villages, where they've never heard the gospel. But boy, nothing is, you know, I know a lot of times people like to travel and they like to see this site and that site. Nothing wrong with going to see the sites, but you really want to get a blessing when you go to another country. You say, God, help me to meet some of your people here. Help me to meet some of your uh, people. Boy, there's nothing like running into another brother or sister in another country. And even though you can't speak the language, you speak the same language. You can see in each other's eyes, amen. You can see in each other uh, uh, smiles. Of course, that reminds me uh, of a story. I remember when uh, Brother Munson and I, when we went into Vietnam, now we were going to meet some brothers uh, from an underground uh, church there in uh, Saigon. I can't, was that Ho Chi Minh City? Right uh, there, but when we, when, but the night before we got there, we took the we took the boat up a river, and we first uh, spent the night in this town along the river, and so it was still day. So uh, brother Munson and I uh, went walking around, and uh, and uh, we, we looked up, and we saw we saw this uh, cross from a, a distance, and uh, we walked up to it, and uh, there was a gate. And there was a chain on there, and I just took the, I didn't see a doorbell, so I just took the chain, the chain and I just started shaking it. So it made noise. And this, uh, uh, this lady came out, and uh, I can't remember if we made something like, you know, Jesus or whatever it was we did, but she went and got her husband, and he let us in. And uh, we walked in the, their little room there that they used as their church, and there was a piano. And uh, uh, Brother Munson got on there and started playing uh, Amazing Grace or something. Boy, as soon as they, as soon as they heard that, amen, uh, they, they just lit up. They just lit up. And so we sat there about, we were with them about 10, 15 uh, uh, minutes. But, you know, we didn't speak the same language, but we spoke uh, the same uh, uh, language. And what a wonderful thing that is, that God has his people. Don't let, we, you know, that's why you got to be careful about spending too much time on the news and too much time worrying about all this bad stuff going on. Amen. God is still on the move around the world in 2022. And so as we look about what God uh, wants to do through his people, and we see how he prepared his people in Israel, that they returned to God, they got their biblical faith back, they got back to biblical worship. They renewed their commitment to the commission that God had given them. Amen. They were bold to stand against their adversaries. They were sensitive and responded to the preaching of the word of God. And then when they did that, they rejoiced to be obedient 
uh, to the Word of God, and a man began to get on the move again. So in the first six chapters of Ezra, amen, God laid a foundation for what God desired uh, to teach his people about returning to him. But 60 years later, when we come to chapter 7, God sent Ezra to lead a new beginning of obedience. What he found in Ezra's life, amen, uh, uh, should be in our life. And And Ezra, he said, listen, God's given me a task. I can't do it alone. I need some chief people gathered with me for God's work. And so doubt, amen, uh, I confess that, amen, we don't want to try to do it alone. Even at VBS, we need to gather together and, to do God's work there. And so you'll find talking about chief men, amen. Now, we knew they, they, they were chief men and they had influence, but what allowed them to become chief men, I guess, is a good question. Well, you'll find uh, people that should be considered or are considered chief men among God's people. One, they'll have a grateful heart. They'll have a grateful heart. When we have the right attitude towards God, all other things will be right. Romans 2.4 says this, Or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and longsuffering, knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. People with a grateful heart realize Amen. The only reason they're saved, the only reason they're where they are today in God's service is simply the goodness of God in their life. Because when we have the wrong attitude towards God, right, uh, and ingratitude, uh, we can't be used of God. But in Ezra 3.11, notice what it says here. It says we see people that had a thankful heart for what God was doing in their midst. It says in Ezra 3.11, And they sang together by course in praising and giving thanks unto the Lord. Why? Because he's good. Because he's good. For his mercy endureth forever toward Israel. And all the people shouted with a great shout when they praised the Lord because the foundation of the, uh, of the house of the Lord was laid. So we see the people came together, right, and praised and gave thanks because God is Good. Boy, when's the last time just when you're, you're alone with God? Boy, and it, it just, just, just for a, a few moments, you became overwhelmed of the, and thought of the goodness and the grace in your life. Man, I tell you, if you've never just uh, felt that when you are alone with God, you're, you're, you're missing out. I mean, we want, we want to get together and we want to praise and we want to give thanks and we want to rejoice in God's goodness. But boy, there ought to be times in your personal time with God, right, uh, that that happens. The people of God uses begin with a grateful heart. God help me to have a grateful heart for your goodness in my life. Not only that, you'll notice that God, they'll realize that God has given them an opportunity. When they came here and they saw what God was doing uh, uh, in, in Jerusalem, and say, listen, man, we, our, 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 our nation has, man, been so far from where they should be with God for so long, and now God's brought us back here. Man, we have a great opportunity, amen? Uh, we have a great opportunity to do something for God and something for our nation. Hey, listen, with VBS coming up, 
Oh, we shouldn't just think, oh, okay, this is something we're going to do. We've got to get, get through this week. No, we should. If this is where we're at, you know what? The next couple of weeks, we need to be focused on VBS and say, hey, God has given us an opportunity. Well, we need to be praying this week. God, uh, uh, some people went out and they handed out almost 600 flyers. And uh, uh, God, we just don't want to go through that week. Lord, we're asking you to bring those children in. And Lord, uh, uh, thank you for giving us this opportunity that we can serve you uh, in this upcoming week. This is an opportunity that God has given us in his goodness, and we want to be thankful for it. Again, Ezra 7.27 says this, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, fathers, look at this, which hath put such a thing as this in the king's heart. Notice that. Why did the king do this? Why was the king willing to do this? Because God put it in his heart. God had extended, amen? God has extended and allowed you to be at this moment in time here. And you, we must discover the opportunity that God has given. And think about this. Just as God put things in the king's heart, as we seek him, you know what he wants to do? He wants to put things in your heart. Hey, uh, you know, why have I done different things over the last 35 years? Because God put them in my heart. Because God put it in my heart. What a wonderful thing to say, hey, uh, the reason I'm where I am today is for one reason. God put this in my heart. If God wouldn't have put this in my heart, I would have never known about it. I would have never had this opportunity. But God, amen, put this in my heart because this is the way that he chose to use me in this opportunity. So when you say, God, help us to have a grateful heart, help us to know that God has given us an opportunity and recognize, amen, that God has shown mercy on us. They'd realize that they were there. They were in that place because God showed mercy on them. The word of God continues with these words. Again, notice verse 28. It says, and hath extended mercy unto me before the kings. These chief people of Israel acknowledge that God had given them mercy. The Bible says that without the mercies of the Lord, what? We'd be consumed. And we know the Bible says that God is a, a consuming fire, but he extended his mercy to us so we can know him and we can serve him. And they realized that the ability they had to accomplish God's will there, that their strength came from the Lord. We must take note of this next piece. Ezra's testimony was what? Notice what it says again in verse 28. He said, I was strengthened, again, this phrase we've talked about, as the Lord my, as the hand of the Lord my God was upon me. We should have, just like uh, uh, the, those uh, apostles in Acts, they had a conscious awareness of the Spirit of God upon them. Listen, we should be able to have a conscious awareness Listen, that God's hand is upon us. We should have a sensitivity to God's hand. Listen, uh, I, I know in my own life, you know, I've said this before, when God, uh, when God saved me, he put a fire in my heart and always, hasn't always been a bonfire, but at least it's never stopped burning. But, you know, in my heart, I can tell the difference. I can tell the difference when, uh, when it seems more like a bonfire and when, oh, man, it's, it's sort of gotten down to, hey, man, I need a wind to come by and get this thing, get this thing uh, uh, going, uh, going a little bit more. We know where we are. Uh, uh, spiritually, and we need to realize, Lord, I want to have a conscious awareness like they did. Ezra, what a wonderful thing. He went into this thing knowing, had a conscious awareness, 
right, that God's good hand was upon him. And he could see that by the way that things unfolded in his life. And we want to live the same way. At some time in your life, you must realize, right, that you must realize that you need more than you and that our strength and our ability comes from the Lord alone. And then finally, we realize that there is a limit, amen, again, that what we can do by ourselves. Ezra, no doubt he was a great man, no doubt he was an intellectual man, no doubt he probably had great talents, but he realized, again, that he was limited in what he could do by himself. God has designed his work to be done by his people working together. Paul came to Christ on the road to Damascus. But he trained uh, Timothy. He trained John Mark. Hey, listen, uh, God's great men realized they couldn't do it on their own. Abraham, what did he do? He trained men. You look at the men. When, when he had to go and uh, when Lot was taken, what did he do? He took some armed men with him. Well, no doubt uh, those men were trained under Abraham. Moses, he trained uh, the 70 when God uh, gave the wisdom for say, listen, you can't do this on your own, man. You're going to die. It was his father-in-law. Gave, God gave wisdom through his father-in-law. You better train some men. And so he trained uh, those seven men. Joshua, Joshua trained men. David uh, uh, trained men. And so uh, we need to say, God, uh, either let me be a trainer or let me be among the trainees. Amen. But Lord, I want to I want to be in the midst of your work. He encouraged them to do the same. This is the way God's work is done. When the Lord finds workers like that, he will use them to build a great, loving, caring, uh, devoted Christ church. When God gathers his chief men, they give him all the honor and glory and praise. And we should want to be among his chief men. God has called us, just like God called Ezra to make a difference among his people there, God has called us to make a difference in the world. And I, listen to this statement. I think this is a great statement. The difference we make for God in this world, listen to this now, the difference we make for God in this world, this is on an individual basis, the difference we make for God in this world is, and I believe this, is directly related to the difference we allow God to make in us. Now think about that. The difference we make in this world as we're upon this world is directly related to the difference we allow God to make in us. In other words, the, the more someone allow God, allows God to make a difference in their life, to allow God to work mightily in their life, then the greater difference they're going to make in the lives and in the community around them. So you say, well, God, I want, I want to make a difference. God says, I want to make it. You say to God, I want to make a difference. You know what God says? You really want to make a difference? Amen. Then let me make a difference in you. God, I want to make more of a difference. Well, then let me make more of a difference in you. Fathers, thinking about fathers today, to make a difference in our children, to make a difference in our children, we must allow God to make a difference in us. We should say today, fathers, focus on fathers, but really all of us as believers, uh, uh, Lord, if, if, if uh, you raise something up and you're looking for some chief men, Lord, I want to be among those chief men that you would be willing to choose and you would be willing uh, to use. And so uh, thank God that uh, uh, God raised up uh, Ezra and Ezra realized he couldn't do it on his own. And it says he gathered chief men among uh, to go up with him. 
And so, Lord, we need to say, Lord, as you build your work here, and, uh, you know, really, uh, you know, so I, I, this is where we're at in Ezra. So we're sort of focusing on this point. But really, I feel like I'm preaching the choir because uh, no doubt uh, uh, you are among uh, the chief people uh, that God has, uh, has uh, uh, raised up uh, in this church. Let's pray.